Hello, Esther Deborah here, and this is Agape Love, Love is Here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned how to help people the Lord's way, and have her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and forever. Hello again. Pastor Deborah here. It's been a while. I've been resting, thinking, praying, and studying to because in order to do these classes of the King's International Spiritual Care University, I have to refresh my memory. I have to go back and look at my scriptures. I have to think about the path that I was taking and on at the time. Little did I know where I was going. I wanted to help people, as you know. And I had been trained and thought up here as a mental health counselor licensed by the state of Florida nationally clinically certified to be able to medically diagnose medical problems in the mental health world and treat them. See in that system, that world and with all that training, education, and concepts, they believed that mental health counseling was to help people with a biological, scientific, medical problem. We had to have a lot of medical knowledge. And we were better off if we actually worked in a hospital or a clinic of some time around a psychiatrist being around medicine, being in psychiatric units. And Pastor Deborah got all of that throughout her many, many years. So I had a good understanding of what mental health was about, but somehow I didn't seem to fit. Now I wasn't sure why I didn't fit. I'd always wanted to help people. I was friends with the most strangest people in wheelchairs, volunteered and worked summers in a rehabilitation institute helping drug people, people who had been in car accidents and brain injuries. I loved them. I didn't know why. And I would tell people I just loved them. I'd take them to movies. And I would pour out this love that I didn't know what it was at the time all during the day. And then I, I would tell people I would get filled back up by God at night. Was that what was happening? I don't know. But I came from a family, I think you know this, of military. We were trained as a family to lay our lives down, to go help people no matter who they were, what condition they were in. We were helpers worldwide. It didn't matter what nation they were in 
we were to set captives free of oppression and dictatorships and oppressive governments. I grew up in a family that believed in freedom, freedom for the mind, freedom for the nation. So I didn't quite fit when it came to dealing with mental health counseling as a medical disease. Also, because I was born again as a Christian, probably at around four years old, and I have visual memories and visions of me still kneeling down at five, four or five, with my father on the side of my bed, praying a very simple childlike prayer. It said, Dear Jesus, I lay me down to sleep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Bless my mommy and daddy and my brother and all the people of the world. A very simple, simple prayer. At probably age four. Being in the military and being an officer's daughter, you went to church. Didn't matter where you were. And usually on the military basis, you had a time. Excuse me, just a minute. I'm back. I had to adjust my camera. It seemed to be tilted a little bit. In the military, you didn't ask a lot of questions. You just knew that if a government or a nation was oppressing their people. My father actually served in World War II. And he was over in the Philippines. He was actually a stenographer. And he did shorthand. And he worked for General Patton. And uh, so I have a lot of, been around a lot of airplanes and tanks. Grew up on military bases. uh, Respect them greatly. Have that concept of freedom fighters. Laying your life down. Traveling the world. And so when I settled down into mental health counseling and you stayed put in one place, I, did, I wasn't comfortable in it. I wasn't, something wasn't right, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know what my real name was, which happened to be Deborah, which in the uh, Hebrew and the Greek, it means a judge and a mighty prophetess. I had either been called Deb or Debbie. But when I got in about the fifth grade, there was a lot of Debbies in the class. And I was now in a public school off the military base, so I told them my name was Jan, which was my middle name. And so Jan had a lot of experiences. But it wasn't until many, many years later, there's something on the website called It's Time, about the death of Jan and the resurrection of the true identity who I was, Deborah. So, all of us go through this. Our names are important. In fact, I just did a study on a name called Stephanie. Stephanie is the female version of Stephen. It's also the form of, from Greece, Greek rather, called Stephanus, which actually means crown. It a wreath, something that's twined together. How it's explained is that when you run a race publicly and you finish it, they did this in the Olympics, you got a laurel wreath and you put it around your head, a crown. 
But also in the Bible, when we get into Isaiah 62, we are we read that this God, who we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes, said that you, when you become born again, a rightful tree of righteousness, you become his crown in his hand. Because he ran the race for you. He went all the way to the cross, to the grave, to hell, and then back again into life. He ran his race for the victory to win the prize. You. And if you have lived, it doesn't matter if you're still if you're still on earth or in heaven. You won. Death did not keep you. And you did not stay separated from him. So he says you become a Stephanos in his hands and there was a couple of guys in the Bible that one was the first martyr named Stephen so names are very important even though our parents don't know that when they name us that how important our names are they do define us by our identity our purpose our character what we're to do our destiny gives us the essence of us and uh sort of guides us so I ask talk to a lot of African Americans and I say do you know what your name means and they go no they have some beautiful names but they have no idea what it means like I'll use this name this one little boy he was grew up in Satanism his name was Adrian which means dark lord so sometimes you have a beautiful name but it means a dark meaning and what that also means is that your purposes are defined by that. So a whole study of names is real important. And what you are given by your parents, they can bless you or curse you, take you down a path you know nothing about, but that's where you're going. Define your character, your essence, and your destiny. So when you get born again, and you become a new spiritual creature. You get a new name. So whatever the earthly name was. It goes away. Spiritually. But today as you can see behind me. Whoops where's my hand right there it is. We're going to be talking about ancient hearts. In my journey to learning how to help people the Lord's way. From being a mental health counselor. I had discovered there were two hearts, two sets of purposes, two things, sort of, or people, if you want to call them spiritual beings, that their hearts were totally different, and that they had different purposes for us, and they prophesied different things, and they wanted to give and create their children in their image and their likeness of their heart. And I didn't know much about either one of them. But in my process and of my growing and learning, my basic classes where I had to study these two hearts. One of them was the heart of the Heavenly Father, which we hear a lot about him through Christ Jesus. In the Old Testament, we hear about him called God, the Almighty, Jehovah. We don't really know he's our father. He's a warring king, that's for sure. And then throughout the Old Testament, we start hearing about this other guy named Lucifer, who was the son of the morning. He wasn't a son of God. He 
he was a light bearer. He was his body was made up of jewels and emeralds and diamonds and sapphires and topazes. So when God would send his light through this creature, oh, the sounds came out in praise and worship. The glory shined through all the stones. And if you don't believe that stones can't sing, I went into some caves in Pennsylvania. You tap certain stones, they have a sound, and you, they will sing in beautiful harmony. So the, as the voice of God or the word or the light of God would come through Lucifer and shine out into the kingdom of heaven, sort of like the morning star might or the morning wood with rays of beautiful light, well, what they did was, uh, that's what this Lucifer did. And he was beautiful. Oh, he had full wisdom and knowledge. He was one of the three high cherubims. His job was to protect anything that was evil and wicked or full of sin or a traitor from getting into the kingdom. He was a protecting cherub. Believe it or not, he's still doing his job. And uh, so what happened was... but. Over time, he would look at himself like this, see these rays of light come out. And his heart started going, wow, I'm so beautiful, look at me. He was in charge of one-third of the heavenly angels or hosts. And they started probably patting him on the back. Look at you, dude. Oh, my God, you the man of the hour here. You're on the red carpet. You just got the statue you're the superman look at you so he looked at himself and he forgot he got blinded when he looked at the light and the glory and how gorgeous he was it blinded his eyes his mind and he started thinking that was his light and his glory not God the creator's and he said what am I doing sitting here if I'm this beautiful, I got all these people bowing down to me. Why am I such a servant? I want to be up there where I am the master. And I serve no no one. Which I learned a lot about what that means when I watched the Hobbit movies, The Lord of the Rings, about Sauron. He was the master who served no one. Everybody served him. He's sort of, Sauron is sort of the reflection of Lucifer on earth now with his attitudes. And the whole Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits is sort of prophetic. And doesn't quite tell us how he fell, but in the Bible we hear a lot about that. And how because of these thoughts of to himself to plot and plan mutiny in the kingdom of heaven against his creator... The creator heard him. And the creator said, I don't think so, buddy. Down to the earth you go as lightning. And down he went. So along this journey, I had two ancient hearts to study. And I wanted to begin this one with the Heavenly Father's heart and where I stayed. We don't hear much about him. Even in Christianity, we hear more about Jesus. 
And when you study it out a lot, Jesus was the dirt body, but not the Christ. The Christ was inside the spirit man who was connected to Jesus. They were sort of one. But you will learn as you go along that I had to learn this about these ancient hearts. So I'm going to get my Bible. I'll be right back, and I'm going to read to you what some of the things I learned about the Heavenly Father's heart. When I first started learning is I stayed in the book of Genesis for the longest time, years and years, because that is our foundation. That is where he, this Heavenly Father, is trying to get the earth and all of his children back to. And he is trying to take this garden of his pleasure and his delight to be all over the planet. And then when that is accomplished, and he has what his heart wants, he'll have his day of rest. And he'll be able to be with us on a new earth with no sin, no demons. Thank you very much. Everybody will be immortal, and sin cannot touch us again. But until that time, we have a big mess. But he's working to get us there. When you learn and you start studying him, that his heart, you have to also, you start at the beginning. You hear what he says about his children. You hear him grieving and crying. When Adam fell, you hear his anger. You start realizing this guy's got some feelings. He's just not a silent God. He's not one that you're just to submit to. He is working with the spirit part of us. But what happened was, when we disobeyed through Adam, that spirit part of us fell into the muck, down into the dirt and the flesh and bone of our soul. And so for the rest of the Old Testament... He is dealing with nothing but flesh. And he's dealing with people who have spirits. And Satan has picked them up. And he's dealing with Satan and his demons. And he's dealing with his heart. And he's dealing with flesh creatures. Because until he could get himself back. And his word. His spirit of life. Back into a man. They were considered dead to him. They were cut off from his life and his heart. And they didn't even know who he was, what he looked like. And we see that in our ancient civilizations where we oops, where we see God is part animal, part man. There was so much ignorance and mist and fog. And all the while, Satan, who had been Lucifer, was down here trying, since he couldn't have his kingdom of heaven on in heaven, he says, I'll have it down here on earth. Well, his first attempt didn't go so well. His demonics that followed him down got slid on down by his tail. They went nuts. They went so bad, uh, and the animals were so bad, there was no order. Uh, There was just uh, probably the worst kind of things you can even imagine. 
was so bad that the whole earth was filled with this violence of this flesh. There was no order. The demons were just gone nuts. Humanity gone nuts. Violence and death and rapings and killing. And animals were not afraid of us. So God had to wash that stuff off the planet. That's when we hear about the flood. It's in every civilization. So this God's heart. He's dealing with some mess down here. And as you know, you can't talk to flesh most of the time. It's angry and mad and prideful. It ain't going to do what it wants to do. And it is not going to fall in line no matter what. Now you, some religions believe we can get you to memorize the, the word. And we can put pressure on you from all of the culture and society. And you will obey physically. Some people do and some people don't. Because God says, I'm after your thoughts. And I'm after your spirit. So these ancient hearts, these were two people, sort of, I call them people. Two spiritual beings who had totally different viewpoints, images and likenesses. And we're not told much about either one of them. Sort of unfolds chapter by chapter. But if you just look at the Heavenly Father in the Old Testament, you see bits and pieces of it. You hear his prophetic words. You hear him trying to work with the flesh. But you even see during the flood, he is the God that will take care of business. So after the flood, the God decided we're going to start again. And he actually put a dread of fear of the animals towards man so they would always flee from us because I don't think they did before and it was a big mess and the demons and Satan realized that oops we we were so happy to do whatever we've been wanting to do and we couldn't do it up in heaven we lost everything so Satan pulled it together this ancient heart and he he started forming the very kingdom in the structure, the pattern that I've taught on that he knew in heaven. He started putting all the demons or the devils, the ancient fallen angels, into all different kinds of positions. Anything that God said he owned, like every river and tree and fruit and animal, was his. Satan put a demon there and claimed it. Because God had sort of lost... Satan thought ownership of the earth but he didn't but what God did is he restricted himself to working with in partnership with man originally and I'm going to read Genesis 1:26. this is the heart of God himself that you must understand that he can work but he usually doesn't just on his own. His goal and his heart is always to work and partner with a human spirit. One of his children. Now he can use the unsaved. He can anoint them to do his stuff if he needs to. But down here on earth. Because Genesis 1.26 says he gave it to man. 
And it was created for mankind. So listen to Genesis. And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man, that's the spiritual being, in his own image. That's the kind of image God had. He was ruler, king, had dominion over everything in heaven. And he was given it to this spiritual being to be his son. You do as I do up in heaven, but you have it down here. And in the image of God created he him. Now God's image was both male and female. He had a female side. It's called agape love, the mother side. And he had the father side, the male side. He had the where you were the offspring, the provider, the creator. You were the protector and the shepherd. So he said, I'm going to make take those two sides of me, my of my different character, and I'm going to make me some children. And he said to them, I'm going to create you male and female to show you who I am. I have these different components of myself, these different feelings and emotions and aspects and image and likeness. So I'm going to show you me through you. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. Over the fowl of the air. And over every living thing. That moves upon the earth. So God created us. His heart was to have offspring. Children. In his image and likeness. And they were to rule and have dominion over the earth. And on the earth. Like he did. Now. He knew what he wanted, and he still wants that once you learn him and you get to know him a little better. Then what happens, when I was starting to learn how to help people the Lord's way, first I had to learn he was a speaking God. His heart would talk to me. I had to learn his heart and his moods. I had to see why he was so angry in the Old Testament. I had to learn what he was trying to do. I had to study him, the Father. We learn more about the Father when Jesus Christ comes along. And he tells us the Father's here. He's inside of me. He's doing his work. When you see me, I'm the image, the likeness, the exact representation. I'm the the expression of him. You don't see me. You see him. Sort of like when you look at the sun and the sun rays come down. The sun rays are like the sun. They are the image and likeness and the representation and the reflection of the ball that's up there. When you look at the stars, we see light. That light in the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit, they tell us, the elfin love it. It's a memory. It is. It's the light that happened thousands of years ago that traveled from an event. So we learn that we have to study the Father. 
Jesus Christ came to help us to learn him and meet him and to bring us back to him so we could have a relationship with him in the family. But there was a horrible, you know, break in the family. And there was a big gulf and you couldn't get there unless something died and that was innocent. And so he did. So now you can come back, but you have to get to know the Father. Some people are stuck at the door. They know Jesus quite well, but they don't even know the Christ, the anointed King, which is the Word of God, which the Word of God is the image and likeness of God Himself. And they don't travel up through the image and likeness of the Word to meet the one who sent it. And if you listen to Jesus carefully... You will learn, he said, look, I'm here and my father's in me. He's here working and doing his own work. Now, he's not left me alone. He and I are working. But a lot of people don't spend time getting to know the father. They just stay stuck at the door. They don't want to come into the Christ because the Christ is a spiritual being. It's the Word of God. And boy, will that touch your life. So I was beginning early on, in order to help people, I had to study the heart of this Heavenly Father. And then throughout where He took me, where I stayed most of the time, was in Isaiah 61 and 62. Turn in there if you... see if I can find it here. Kind of cloudy today out there. Let's see where it is here. There we go. I had to have a foundation. I had to hear the Father's heart. I had to know why was I being sent? Who was I going to? What was His heart? What were His goals? What were? What was He wanting to do? Because I learned about his heart. He sent out his word and he says, I only watch over and perform my words. Not yours, not a denomination's, not anybody else's. Just my words. So what happened was, I got to Genesis, excuse me, Isaiah 61. I started hearing the purposes for what I was going to be doing, who I was going to. I started, his heart started opening up to me. And I listened carefully. Do you know how many times I've written out Isaiah 61? Looked up the words, even today, and I'm 25 years down the road here. So just listen. This was real important that when it was... This is the prophecy. And in back in the four Gospels, I believe it's in Luke, not quite sure. This young man, Jesus Christ, stands up in his synagogue and reads this. And says, today, in your ears, this scripture is fulfilled. Because they had been told, something's coming. Something with the Spirit of the Lord is coming. He's carrying a government... On his shoulders. 
It's bringing back the spirit of the Lord, which is what we lost. So here's the heart of the Father, his purposes and desires. And I'm going to read probably Isaiah 61 and 62, because you have to have those to get the full picture. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. I learned it was upon Pastor Deborah. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Now to help you understand what all of this means, I do have some global tele-ministry videos. I am working through this Isaiah 61 and 62. I think I'm up to verse, starting verse 5. And I am uh, breaking this out and going just a little bit at a time so you can see what does this mean. Because you can't get to know him and his deep thoughts about you and others without going slow. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Okay, I'm going to the meek. I'm going to the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty, I'm going to proclaim freedom to some captives. And the opening of the prison. So I'm being told they are in prison. They're captive. They're meek. They have no strength. Their hearts are broken. To them that are bound. They are bound in something. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. Got a lot of people in mourning. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. That means inside their spirit. God looked at their spirit as Zion. And deep inside the city of Jerusalem was in there. Where he wanted to settle down. And appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So I'm going to people that need some new clothes. They're mourning. They got some major problems here. And they, so that they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord so he might be glorified. So he's going to do some powerful things with humanity. That really need his help. So he can be glorified because when, say, he hasn't been glorified on earth because they were serving other gods and animals. We see that in many nations now that actually worship animals as gods. They have animals as their um, nation's symbol. And they actually worship and bow down to stars and moons anything of the earth, a tree, and they think that they, and they actually are worshiping that symbol. But so he is wanting to be glorified. And he doesn't want humanity to look at animals and nature and trees and think that they are God, him. And they shall build up the old waste, they shall raise up the former desolations, And they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed their flocks. 
and the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. I'm working on that one. That's my next tele-ministry verse I'm working on. But you, O tree of righteousness, shall be named, see how important names are, the priest of the Lord. What the priest was, he was the go-between somebody who had sinned, he carried the blood, he was one that was in personal, intimate, spiritual contact with this uh, God. And he would plead for mercy and compassion on behalf of the other person. He would accept their offering. He was a very important person. Now when Christ Jesus comes along, he is the great high priest. And he was able to go into the Holy of Holies with his own blood. And offer it for a sacrifice for all of humanity. So priests are real important even now. When somebody comes to you. Or you do their forgiveness. And you help and you forgive them. I had this one guy. He was a friend of the family. His name was Jim. He is now in heaven. He didn't believe really in Christ. But he sort of did. But he didn't. Well, he got real sick, and on his deathbed, he came to me in the spirit. He said he was dying. I said, that's okay. He said, but I don't want to go to hell. And I said, well, and he says, I don't believe in Christ Jesus. I said, that's okay. You came to me, the, the priest. I believe. And he who created you and wants you and died for you, he believes in you. So between the two of us, Between the blood, the word, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We'll get you there. Because you came to the priest asking for help. You don't have to ask the way. This is what I was telling Norma. I knew he was looking for redemption. He was on the way. He didn't want to go to hell. I said, Father, your word says that you sent. You forgave him from the cross. For he knows not what he does. Father you paid a high price for him. I believe that you saved him and set him free. He just doesn't know it. Father apply your word. You said you watch over your words. For your glory alone. Raise this one up. Don't lose him to Satan and to hell. And off he went. An angel came and got him. Was he here in Pensacola? No he was in South Florida somewhere. He, he couldn't get there himself. He needed help by a priest. So when you get all this done from Isaiah 61, you become a priest. You help other people find their way home, find their way back to the kingdom. You help deal with the blood of Christ and you help get them cleaned up. So the Father is glorified and nobody else. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. And in their glory you shall boast yourself. For your shame you shall have double. For your confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Some good things going to happen there. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double. It means inside their spirit. They shall have double everlasting joy shall be unto them. For I the Lord love judgment 
That's getting to know the heart of the Father. I hate robbery for burnt offerings. And I will direct their work in truth. When you read the Bible, go slow. You'll hear him talking to you what he hates, what he likes. You're learning his heart. What I'm going to try to do is we'll go into the other guys, Lucifer's heart, in part two of this basic class. And I will make an everlasting covenant or agreement with them. And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them that they are the seed which the Lord has blessed. So by helping people like that young man Jim people begin to see the Lord that he blesses people. He helps them. He redeems them. Gives them new names. New jobs to do. I will great excuse me, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. We're learning he's gonna put some new clothes on you. That's the heart of God. Whatever we were wearing spiritually, it was a mess. It was demons and animals. It's one reason I cannot stand to see humanity, especially females, wearing animal skins, pants, or shirts. Because it reminds me that that's what their soul is thinking. They're just still back there. They're not covered in righteousness and glory. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments. And as a bride adorns herself with jewels. We're learning this ancient heart of this heavenly father. Is to dress us up in some kind of royalty. Because that's who we are. It's not what we do in the earth or for our public jobs. It's what our spirit is. And he's saying, I'm going to dress you spiritually appropriate. For as the earth brings forth her bud, he says, and as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. I'm going to stop at this section because I want to take next tape we'll do excuse me if I cut this off we'll do Isaiah 62 but as I was learning I didn't know enough about him to know what he wanted to do I didn't know his heart what his purposes were all I would hear was get saved and join a church. That would be the end of it. Then I'd hear Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. What did Jesus do? It was all about Jesus. It was all about Jesus. I would hear Father God, Father God, but I. Ne- but you knew they didn't really mean it. 
So I had to study him. I had to study his heart. I had to listen carefully to the scriptures. I had to learn all of his personalities. Did you know he's a multiple personality one himself? Years ago when I ran into these multi-generational Satanists, they all had multiple personalities through disassociation, a gift of the imagination. It's called the gift. And I go, God, I don't understand. How do they do that? He said, I made them in my image and likeness. I am a multiple. I can be whatever I need to be. If I need to be the judge of the universe, I'll be the judge. If I need to be the shepherd, I'm the shepherd. If I need to be the king, I'm the king. If I need to be the mighty warrior, I'm a mighty warrior. Because I am multiple, they are like me. They have that gift that as they think in Proverbs 23, 7, that says, as you think in your heart, so you are. That's, that's in every spirit. That's why when children go through abuse and trauma, they, okay, they change. They, they create whatever's necessary. So I was beginning to learn the heart of the Father. It took me years. I read a lot of books about the Father. And I had to almost do this. Because in church, all I heard was Jesus. Jesus. The evangelist was get the sin out and get back with God. But that was it. There was no classes on how to get to know the Heavenly Father. There was no classes on Isaiah 61. I barely had a deliverance class on deliverance from the strongman's book from the Robertsons. And I knew nothing about disassociation. But by reading Isaiah 61, I learned people were a mess spiritually. And I even today, I have to pray, Father, let your gifts help my spirit to know and see and hear what the spiritual condition of a human is. I even asked him to show me in pictures and visuals. That's why I watch a lot of movies. So I'm in Walmart one day, and he takes me to some magazines. I wanted to know what certain uh, people in heavy metal music spirit looked like and Satanism. There was a magazine of a heavy metal band called Slipknot. And they wore these masks when they sang, and he said, that's what their spirit looks like. So I was used to having visuals to help me to understand. So when I read these scriptures, I was looking at their spirit through the eyes of God himself. He was allowing me to see what he sees. He was allowing me to hear what he would hear. He was allowing me to know where they are spiritually. What demons they had. What multiple personalities they had created. He would tell me about their lives without me ever having to ask them. I learned how to listen carefully to people. I learned how to listen and not, I don't have to ask people a lot of questions about their lives. I can listen to their soul and find out a lot. And then God will help me because he wants me to know so I know how to pray. When you're a priest, as in Isaiah 61, you must have a lot of knowledge of sin and the works of sin. 
You must know the flesh. And you must know what God hates and what God doesn't like. And what just flesh and bone do. You have to know what Satan does. So this part one, we might have to have three parts of this one of the ancient hearts. We're just beginning talking about that I had to learn the ancient heart of the heavenly father. I had to know him. I had to hear his goals and purposes. He'll talk to you through the Bible. Like I said, I use the authorized King James Version. No commentaries. Because most commentaries come out of denominations and religious schools. I didn't want that. I wanted only the in, coming from the Holy Spirit, which would be right out of the kingdom of heaven. So I would put question marks in my Bibles. I don't understand what you're talking about. Give me a visual. I'm a hearing learner, a visual learner. I pray that God will make my spirit so it can be more receptive to him. And I can see better. I don't know when I need these gifts. And over time, I don't have to ask anybody many questions. Because I learned that since I was anointed, which I think I told you, but I'll tell you again. How I got there was one night, the Heavenly Father asked me what was the desires of my heart. Now, I had started studying Isaiah 61. I knew what my desires were supposed to be, like Jesus Christ, that your heart is satisfied. You want my desires to line up with yours. So I said, Father, I wanted to be a spiritual mother to those who were in multi-generational Satanism, the occult, the psychics, vampirism, heavy metal music, homosexuality, LGBT, those who were into drug abuse, anything. So I could turn their hearts to the Father. And the Holy Spirit said, it's done. I was anointed right there to be a spirit. My heart's desires were lined up with his heart. Then I had to be anointed. I think I told you this on another one. We were in a church service. And the pastor wanted us to have these financial blessings. That Abraham had. So raise my hands. But God was going to put on me a different blessing. He So he said while I'm getting blessed. He says I'm putting an anointing on you. That will draw people to you in the spirit. They're going to come to you to talk to you, but never to hurt you. And I'm going, okay. Got another dose of it. Because it was so powerful. And even to this day, I'm very sent. My spirit has to be very sensitive. Sometimes they'll just come up, kiss me on the cheek, and say thank you. Sometimes in my, when I'm sleeping, my spirit does not sleep most of the time. It rests. I have work to do. There come, I deal with nations and governments and leaders. I work with children. I work with women. I can go anywhere to reach the Spirit. Because I'm doing the ancient Father's heart's desires of setting captives free, of reaching them. 
so they can be reconciled unto him. One of the things I learned after doing this, that humanity was God's own inheritance. And it had been lost to him. So what I do when he would take me into hell, you can read that in the story called 72 Virgins. And I would go and preach the word and get all the people out of hell when he sends me there. I take him to the throne room and I say, Father, here are the treasures out of the darkness. They are your inheritance. They were lost to you. They were buried under the rubble of sin and hell. But they have been dug up and freed. They are yours. They are your children that you paid the price for on the cross. Enjoy. This is your victory. And I deliver these goods and jewels and precious people to you. For you to enjoy. They are yours. And once you get there. That you're working for him. And his heart's purposes and you start learning him a little deeper we'll do Isaiah 62 on the next one and then maybe two on Lucifer who became Satan's heart because you have to understand these two ancient hearts they are down here on planet earth and they are both working hard to reach humanity One is trying to, God is trying to get his children back. And Satan is not wanting to let them go. We see that when you watch nations trying to take territory. And not allowing and wanting a part of their nation to be free. And to have freedom of speech and things. We see that everywhere. They fight hard. They, they, territory is important. And so to these two hearts, a human spirit is the territory. Their minds is the territory. They both know that the physical dirt's not that important. It's going to die. The soul is going to die. But the spirit will live forever. And it will either live in hell and be tortured and end up in the lake of fire with Satan and his demons. And Satan will be happy if he just gets one. Because then he's denied this great heavenly father. The fullness of his victory on the cross. And he would be in pain. But he would laugh saying. See your power. Wasn't that powerful enough. You lost one. You couldn't even get the last one. So I know how it works between these two. Because I've studied them. Read so many books. But I wanted to bring this sort of introduction. Part one. Basic class that I had to learn I had to go through this and I have to refresh myself all the time on what the father's heart is read Isaiah 61 listen carefully to him out of the Bible study Satan oh yeah then I have to look in the world at world events and what's going on and I have to see Satan at work in nations and countries and through people and companies And see, why in the world would people get into bed with certain nations and governments? And I have to see what Satan's trying to do through different organizations and everything. And 
who they're serving and why they're serving them and why they do what they do. And I can't talk to anybody. A lot of this is in politics and government and it's in businesses. But I have to look behind the scenes and I have to see. I have to learn and to keep my mouth shut a lot. It's hard to do sometimes. And I have to pray. You don't know how hard I have to pray. Do you know I'm now working on, I want to get those ISIS fighters that are in the prisons and all those women and children that are in the refugee camps in Syria. You think God loves what's happening to their spirits? They're all in darkness and ignorance. They don't know what they're doing. The spirit doesn't. That's the part that God, oh, the soul's are messed up. The body's done some bad stuff, but he's after the spirit. So be in prayer for even the ISIS people, those men in the jails that the Kurds are having to watch. Be in prayer for everybody that they will come to know this loving Heavenly Father. Let me show you what his heart sort of looks like. It's bursting full. It has hearts and flowers. It's got doves on it. It is a heart that's full of life and beauty. Bursting to flow over and give it to everybody. And this is my little sample here. I don't know if you can see it too well. It is a wolf that has a sheep clothing on it and the little baby sheep that's all of humanity and it's looking up and it thinks it sees mama's sheep and something to love it but it's a wolf in there it's deceiving and deceptive that's how Satan is down here he works through the flesh and greed people who serve money and want more money or they want fame or they want power Satan will serve it up to them. And they will compromise their nations and their countries and their people. Because that is the heart of the soul. That's another whole teaching. The heart of God. It's beautiful and elegant. Shines out. The light rays can shine through it. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's got some stuff in there. You don't want to get on the bad side of that. It's just like a parent with a child. Sometimes they have to discipline us. Spank our little fanny. They try to get us to eat good and we don't want to eat the vegetables. So they send us to bed without our food. Because they're trying to teach us. Sometimes it's not. They're trying to learn that you can't get your way. The flesh wants its way. So God sometimes has to discipline us down here. He'll use anything he can. He's trying to reach us. Some of us are hard learners and don't listen. Some of us are afraid because they have been. They're afraid they'll lose their job or their money or their fame. Or something will happen and they'll be disgraced and people will find out really what they're doing. 
And God and I are looking after the spirit to see what's going on with it. I learned to love Isaiah 61. And then you're going to hear some good things out of Isaiah 62. So I had to learn the Heavenly Father's ancient heart. I had to hear what I was supposed to be from his heart. I had to listen how it fell far from it. I knew I was to help people. Remember, I was trying to help them in the world of medicine and science. That wasn't God's way. So I had to start studying. I had to listen to him. Now I'm able to sense his moods and his feelings. And I I know when he's hurting, when he's happy. I know when you're on the wrong side of him, he got out his little switch and he's coming after things. But he's trying to help us to rise up and be fighters. And to learn about the flesh, the lust of it. And to learn we have an enemy. And learn how to love other people, no matter what they do. So I was learning this heart of the Father. I heard it on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But this young man, Jesus Christ, signed up to go to the cross before anything was ever created. Because he loved his Father. And the father loved his children to come. And Agape loved the mother, the royal law, the mother of God. The mother side of him, Agape loved, that was the law. Law Love was the binding tool, the bind, the tie that held everybody together. Because of their love for each other. I had to learn this about the heavenly father. And I had to learn about his heart of dominion and authority I had to study him as a king I had to know his heart as a king and a warrior and a judge I had to study I had to hear his heart for humanity and I still do so hopefully you will learn it takes a long time to help people the Lord's way oh I've tried to mix the mental health and that and the mental health will help the soul And the soul can help the physical body. And if you get the physical body into balance with right vitamins and nutrients, it will help the soul. Then we got to deal with flashbacks and memory. But I'm there deep. I can do the soul work. That's no problem. But God and I are in the spirit. Because he starts there, deep in the spirit, and works his way out. He's going to sit on the throne of a spiritual heart. And he's going to help that heart to think his way. You see that a lot in a lot of religions. You memorize the stuff over and over so you won't slip up. But there are, there are a lot of gods down here. There's really only one God down here. And he has a lot of religions. But there's only one Heavenly Father that can get that I have studied out of the Bible, the Christian Bible. Did you know that it was six hundred years after Christ Jesus died that Muhammad had his trance and heard from an angel? 
and started bringing Allah 600 years. Where was Allah before all that? Anybody ever figured that out? He wasn't around, was he? They had polygods and all theirs, just like, okay? 600 years it took all Allah to show up. Maybe he was waiting or something, I don't know. Maybe he had to wait till Muhammad showed up on the scene and Muhammad was his chosen prophet. He had to wait for Muhammad to come so he could talk to Muhammad because Muhammad was his chosen one, maybe. But thank goodness, I guess, that Muhammad went to that cave and had his trance and his whatever he had and he heard from an angel because then Allah could come on the scene. Allah's got a heart, I guess. I hadn't studied him very much. I studied Satan, the God of this world, the God of this age, who has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. And I studied the Heavenly Father. The God of this age is Satan, who was Lucifer. He's blinded their minds because they're unbelievers in this God and this Christ Jesus. So I had to study a lot and yet love everybody. I'm going to the ISIS prisons. Yep, going to go talk to them. Going into the refugee camps and going to Syria. Going in strange ways in the spirit through dreams, signs, and wonders. They be showing up. Because we're going to reach them. Because we aren't going to leave. When you're in the military, you don't leave one brother behind. They are my brothers, my family. You do not leave one of your own behind. I will not leave one person behind to suffer in hell if I can. And I will help the Heavenly Father acquire and accomplish his heart's desires of reconnecting back to his children his spiritual children his inheritance so in the next tape we'll cover Isaiah 62 so you'll see the board again so I'm going to finish this one up and if you would like prayer to get to know this heavenly father's heart yourself it's so easy father if the air drawn and want to know you as I have learned about you then make a way for them reveal yourself to them through many different ways that they will believe that you are a loving God a loving father who desires them to come home to the kingdom of heaven that your word says who you are show them the door that they can walk through fulfill Isaiah 61 in their life so you are glorified on earth as you are in heaven if you believe that just nod your head he hears you and you're on your way and Isaiah 61 is going to get done in your life it's no problem So enjoy this basic class that Pastor Deborah had to learn 
had to study and still studies. And we'll get into more parts of it on the next basic class of the King's International Spiritual Care University in learning how to help people the Lord's way. It has been a pleasure to teach everyone today and to see you here with your notebooks and a spirit and to learn that there is a loving Heavenly Father paid a price for you to get you home. Love always and forever. Pastor. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again, watch another one, and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at Agape Love is here dot org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministry, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.